and welcome to True to the Bible Podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks again for joining us for our next lesson in our study on the book of Ephesians. Today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 16 where Paul talks about spiritual gifts. And we're going to see the people of the gift, the purpose of the gift, and the product of the gift. We'll also be in Corinthians where Paul also talks about spiritual gifts. And we're going to see these things and take direct application as we, as a part of the body of Christ, should be utilizing our spiritual gifts. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this lesson. We're going to go ahead and start by reading. We're going to read uh, the Ephesians 1. So flip to the Ephesians 1, put your finger in the 1 Corinthians 1, and we're going to read that. It says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure and the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted together, held together by... Uh, every joint supply, whatever joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the whole body and the building up of itself in love. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we just come before you and thank you for this day you've given to us. Just pray that as we look at your word today, that you'd speak to us and encourage or convict us as needed, God. I just pray that we would um, learn from your word, God, and understand your word and. Um, that we'd love each other, God, and that we'd be unified together, God, and we use our gifts to build up the body of Christ. You should pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, I know you guys are all pretty young, but you all, all you guys know who Michael Jordan is? Yes. Okay, good, good. I'm glad. Uh, I was, I was going to be a little worried if you guys were so young that you didn't know who Michael Jordan was. He is one of the best, bas- I think, the best basketball player of all time, right? Okay, Kiana, thank you. There's a big debate on whether Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James Okay, and I say it's Michael Jordan, and I grew up in the Kobe Bryant era. Okay, you guys are growing up more in like the LeBron and past LeBron, like the Steph Curry era, I guess. But um, I think Michael Jordan was the best. And I have a few stats that I want to share with you guys about Michael Jordan. Okay, Michael Jordan, if you guys know, he played like in the 80s and 90s, but he was really good in the 90s. Okay, he was good the whole time. Okay, but he won a lot of championships in the 90s. So in uh, 1986, okay, Jordan was playing. Okay, and he went. They got to the playoffs. The Bulls, Chicago Bulls, they got to the playoffs, and he averaged in the playoffs forty three point seven points per game. Okay, he averaged forty three point seven points per game. But he only they only won three games that year. Okay, and they didn't actually win the championship until nineteen ninety one. And the playoffs that year, he only averaged thirty one point one, which is still a ton of points, right? But he didn't. He averaged uh, like what is that twelve points less than he did before. Okay, and the reason I share that with you is because I have a quote from Michael Jordan. Now, I got some more stats too, but he says this. He says, talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. He says that teamwork wins championships. And the reason I shared that stat before is because he, scoring-wise, he played the best he ever played in 1986. That was his highest average scoring for any playoff games. But he didn't win the championship until 1991. And it's because they played better as a team in 1991 in 1992, and 1993, and when they won all those championships, and they did before. Um, and so, 
I'm going to give you some stats about the 1990-1991 Chicago Bulls. Okay, this is their team. Uh, this is some of the people that led things, led stats on their team. Okay, we all think of Jordan. We know him. He led the team in scoring. Okay, 31.1 points per game. Uh, that was throughout the whole year, actually, that he averaged that. So it's pretty cool. Scottie Pippen. How many of you guys have heard of Scottie Pippen? Okay, good. Scottie Pippen, he was the assist leader at 6.2 assists per game. Okay, you guys have ever heard of Horace Grant? Okay, yeah, Brent has. All right, oh, yeah, Ben has. Okay, he was the rebounder on their team. Okay, he got 8.4 rebounds per game, and more importantly, I think, personally, 3.4 offensive rebounds a game. Okay, offensive rebounds are really important. So he led the team in offensive rebounds. Uh, Pippen, I think he was the best defender. You could, you could argue that or whatever. He definitely got the most fouls out of everybody. Uh, but I think he played really good defense. The protector of the ball, John Paxton. Have you guys heard of John Paxton? Okay. He, he never turned the ball over. Okay. He never turned the ball over. You don't have to raise your hand, Brian. I know you've heard of all of these guys. Uh, uh, okay. And then uh, B.J. Armstrong, he didn't shoot a ton of threes, but he shot enough to have the stat of shooting threes. Okay. And he made 50% of them that he shot, which is, yeah, like, that's incredible. Okay. That's incredible. Uh, so he had really good. And then Craig Hodges. Uh, if they ever needed somebody to shoot free throws, he's 96 from the line, 96% free throws from the line. So he made free throws. He didn't get a ton of playing time. I mean, he played a lot, but he didn't get like Michael Jordan type playing time. But he always made his free throws. Um, so the reason I share this is this is a bunch of different people that made up a team that was really good. And they didn't all score points. Okay? And then some of them did, some of them didn't. But nobody scored like Jordan did. And today we're talking about the church, and this is our last lesson on unity. And we're talking about how uh, Christ gave gifts to the church. Remember, last week we talked about how um, Christ ascended. He descended in the earth, and then he ascended. And he, we explained what the ascension was. And then it says, and he gave gifts to men. Gave gifts to men. And Paul, starting in verse 11, explains what the giving gifts are. Uh, and he talks about gifts within the body, gifts within the church, and how we should be using those gifts to build up the body of Christ. And what we're getting at is God wants us as a body to be a team. Um, and if we, if we have Michael Jordan on our team and he's averaging 50 points a game, but we're not working as a team, we're still not going to win championships. Um, and that's every sport that you guys ever have thought of or known. You guys all know that if you play sports. You can't win without a team, okay? Uh, unless you're playing individual sports, then I guess you could, right? But we need a team, okay? We need a team. And so God says, hey, I want you guys have it be a team as a church. So I want you guys to flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read a lot of scripture today, okay? And so it's going to be a little different than it is normally. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 are all about spiritual gifts. And so I want to read that so we can kind of look at the context of gifts just in general in the Bible and just give you guys some information. Okay, this is Paul talking again. I'm going to read it. I'm going to try and read it fast. So try and follow along and try and pay attention because uh, it's a lot. I'm going to read the whole chapter, okay? This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of effects, the same God works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another is given the word of knowledge according to one the same Spirit. 
Another is faith by the same Spirit, and another is gifts, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another is the effecting of miracles, and to another is prophecy, and to another is distinguishing spirits, and to another is various kinds of tongues, and another is interpretation of the tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. For even as the body is one, yet many members, and the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we are all made to drink of the same Spirit, or one Spirit. For one body is not one member, but many members. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing... Where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members of each one in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? Now, But now there are many members but one body. And I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, to the, the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on those we bestow a more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor, so that members which lack, so that there may be no division in the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. And if members one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body, individual members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and miracles, gifts of healing, administration, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak in tongues, do they? And all do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I will show you a more excellent way. Okay, keep that place in your Bible. We're going to come back to chapter 13 at the end of this. But I want you guys to listen to that, to read that, to know that as we go through and we talk about spiritual gifts. Okay, because Paul there is talking about, not directly, but about the Chicago Bulls in 1991. They worked as a team and he's saying, hey, we are all members of one body and you guys need to be working as individual members of the body so that we are one body that's actually working. Okay, so we're going to look at we're going to look at three things, three P's about the gift. The first one is the people of the gift, the people of the gifts in verse 11. So turn back to Ephesians chapter 11. We're going to start there. Um, it says, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as shepherds, or and some as teachers or pastors and teachers. Okay, so the first question we want to ask is who gets the gifts? Okay, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, uh, but everybody who believes in Jesus for eternal life gets a spiritual gift. If you go back to 1 Corinthians 12. And look at verse 7. It says to each one is given the individual uh, or the gift. And then if you go way back to a long time ago when we were talking in Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about how every believer gets the Holy Spirit. Okay, and He's the one that's given us gifts. So we all get spiritual gifts. Okay, that's all of us. And here we see uh, Paul listing a few of them. Okay, he doesn't give us an exhaustive list of like every gift there ever was here. Obviously because there's more in 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, 1 Corinthians also, not 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, but here he gives a couple, okay? So as he looks at it, he says uh, he gave some as apostles. Okay, apostle is the one that's sent with authority, and one, especially one who got direct authority from Christ. Okay, so that's why Peter was an apostle, right? Um, 
Paul was an apostle. He got direct revelation from Christ and direct authority from Christ. It's one sent with authority is what it is. Okay, so none of you guys have the gift of apostle, okay, um, that I know of, I don't think, right? Uh, prophets, okay, they're one who gets revelation from God. That's the next one he lists. A Strong's Concordance says that it's the inspired speaker, okay? So that's the person that um, God gives direct revelation to, and then they give it to man. So you think of like prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and... Um, I mean, Paul, right? He had an inspired word of God. He wrote down and stuff like that. Um, evangelist, it's one who spreads the message. And it's one who announces the good news is what it is. So that's somebody who shares the gospel, right? Um, excuse me, shepherd, or uh, you may say pastor, but pastor or shepherd uh, means supervisor. Um, and this isn't the gift of eldership. Uh, it's just the gift of shepherding, leading um, in some way. So, um I mean, elders are shepherds, but uh, it's not necessarily an elder here. And then teacher just means instructor. You guys know what that means, right? Everybody know what a teacher is? Okay. How many of you guys have teachers? Okay. All right, cool. So within the body, within the church, okay, there are these gifts and there are more gifts. And some gifts um, were used more back in Paul's day, and some gifts are used more uh, today than they were back then. And I think that's pretty cool. I think it's cool how God uses gifts at different times. Um, in different ways. So like, think about apostles. Okay, there's not apostles anymore, right? I mean, there's, there's not apostles anymore, but those apostles are needed. Uh, Paul talks about how the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And there's not prophets anymore, but we have the Word of God, right? We don't need the, the, the prophets anymore to get direct revelation from God because we have direct revelation from God in the Word of God, right? So we don't use those anymore. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, we talked about speaking in tongues. You know, we don't see that as much anymore. Uh, that was used a lot, though, in Paul's day uh, when they were spreading the word and they, they needed that. They needed to speak in different languages. But think about the, the shepherd. Okay, Think about somebody that leads a, a body, a church. That's used a lot more now than it was then. Right? Because there's a lot more, I mean, there's a lot more believers right now than there was in Paul's time. Okay? There's a lot more churches than there was in Paul's time. So that's used a lot more. Same thing with uh, a teacher. And then think about evangelists. Okay, think about evangelists. The evangelists, there's been more missionaries sent out by the United States than anybody, any country ever, all time, not even close. Okay, we send out so many missionaries to other countries to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's way more evangelists now than there were then. Okay, and so um, it's cool how God uses these different gifts at different time periods and different people in different ways to build up the body of Christ. The thing I we want you to remember, I want you to remember right now, uh, just in this moment is that everybody gets a gift and they're not all the same okay he lists several here and there's more than that and so all of you guys have a gift i have i'm not going to hand them out right now because i don't want you guys to do them right now but i have the spiritual gifts inventory this is a little test you can take it doesn't like tell you what your gift is or anything but it can kind of help you guide you through like what some of the gifts are and like what you think your gift might be or what uh, you might be good at and stuff like that. So if you guys want to take that, you can take that later. Um, but I want you guys to know your gift, okay? And it's not like you just have one gift or like it's like, hey, there's only this one thing that I am. Like I am, um, you know, whatever. I'm an administrator or whatever. And that's all I have and that's all I can ever do. And that's all I can, the only place I can ever serve. Like that's not anything what it's talking about. And um, we'll see later on uh, that it's, We'll see that later on too in this, but uh, you do. You still need to know what you what your gift is, okay, and how you can be used. Because if Jillian is really good at one gift, 
and not very good at another gift, and she's trying to serve in this gift that she's not good at, then she's not going to be as effectively building up the body as if she's serving with the gift that she's good at, right? And that the Spirit's given her. Like, if God gave me a gift, I should be using it to build up the body uh, because that's how I'm going to be the most effective, right? So back to the Chicago Bulls, okay? Um, let's say Horace Grant decides that he's going to be the scorer of the team now. I'm going to score. Every time I get the ball, I'm going to shoot it because I'm going to score. I want to be the scorer. Is that what he was gifted at? No, he's gifted at rebounding, right? And do you need a rebounder? 100%, right? That's one of the most important things on the team. And so if he decides, I'm just going to start being a black hole and shooting the ball every time, well, he's not as effective, right? He's not as effective. And he's definitely not going to be as effective as Michael Jordan was at scoring, right? And so if he sticks with what he's gifted in, okay, in rebounding, then the team is going to benefit more. And the team is going to be built up more. Same thing for us. If we use what God gave us, okay, then it's going to build up the body. It's going to be more effective. Does that make sense to you guys? So all of you guys have a gift. You guys should know what it is. You guys should use it. Second thing, the purpose of the gift. Okay, We saw the, the people of the gift. Now we're looking at the purpose of the gift. This is verses 12 and 13. Okay, look at it. It says, For, okay, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature man, a mature stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We know this is a purpose because he says for right there. So he gave the gifts for this read, okay, for this. It's the purpose of the gift, okay, the purpose. So what's the purpose? What did he give us uh, these gifts for? For the equipping of the saints, for the work service building of the body of Christ. And so we're going to look at a few Greek words. We're not going to go crazy in depth or anything, but I just want you to know what the words mean, okay? So the word equipping, okay, the Greek word, it's only used one time in the Bible, okay? But the Strong says it's to complete thorough, repair, adjust, fit, frame, or mend. It's derived from that Greek word right down there, and it means fresh or complete. So it's like you're making it new. Okay, That's why it's equipping. Okay, You're getting it ready. When you equip something, you get it ready to where it's ready to go. And so like that's why it's derived from like fresh or complete. Like It's ready. It's fit. It's, it's ready to go. It's mended, and it's ready to go into action. Does that make sense? So when he says um, he gave these gifts for the equipping of the saints. Okay, who are the saints? They're believers, right? Yeah, they're all the believers. So he's, he wants the believers, they're for the equipping of the saints, for the, the gifts are for the believers to be ready to go, okay, for the equipping of the work, saints, for the work of service. Some of your Bibles may say ministry, okay, so ministry, service. This one's super easy. It just means serving, teaching, or serving, okay? So service, it's for the work of service. So he wants you to be ready and equipped for the work of service, for the building up the body of Christ. And we're building... Or edification, most of them are probably building, but some, some of you may have edification. Okay, the word edification okay, means building. The act or process of building or construction. So you can think of like a construction site. You could say that when uh, someone is, you could say that someone is edifying that building. They're constructing that building. Sounds kind of weird. Uh, but most of your translations probably say building up right there anyway. Uh, but that is the word. It's to build it up from the ground. Okay, And so what Paul is saying here, he's saying, hey, I want the or Christ gave these gifts so that you guys, the saints, are completed and ready okay, to serve, to do the work of service, so that the building of the body of Christ can happen, so that the body of Christ can be built up, so you guys can construct the body of Christ. Okay, So that's what he's saying right there. 
He wants us to be ready, and He gave the gifts. Christ wants us to be ready, and Christ gave the gifts so that we can be ready to serve, so that serving in serving, we can build up the body of Christ. So we got to serve. we got to use that gift okay, to build up the body of Christ. So why did Jesus give us the gifts? Okay, Did He give us the gifts so that we could be cool and so that we could do nothing with it or so that we could get glory for ourselves or so that we could look like really spiritual or so that we could, I don't know, any other thing that you want to throw in there? No, He didn't. He gave it so that we could, uh, or we could help complete the body by utilizing our gifts. Okay, utilizing just means like using. Using our gifts to complete the body, to build up the body. Okay, if you're thinking about constructing a house, okay, we're hoping to start a youth building soon. You think about building up the youth building, okay, you got to work on it, okay, you got to do it. Everybody's got to do their part to build it, all right, you got to lay a foundation, you got to put the the sticks up, as they call it, all the wood right around the edges, you got to frame it, you got to do all that stuff, you got to put a roof on, you got to build it up to where it's finally completed. Okay, so for us, we need to be serving. Okay, we need to be using our gifts. This takes work. If you notice in verse 12, it says, for the saints, for the work of service. Okay, that Greek word, I looked that up too, uh, just to like see if it was anything cool, and it just means labor. It just means work. Okay, for the work of service, it takes work um, that we would all attain the unity, knowledge, and stature. Okay, so if you look at verse 13, that's what he's talking about. So he says all this stuff. Hey, I want you guys to be equipped for the work, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity, and this is verse 13, of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, the measure and stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So I see three things in there. Unity. He wants us to have unity until we all attain the unity of faith. Okay, And then knowledge of the Son of God. Okay, And then the stature okay, or maturity, becoming a mature man, stature uh, in the fullness of Christ. I have a couple quotes for you guys. Uh, this is from Constable. I quoted him last week, so two weeks in a row. But uh, he has a good, uh, good quote on this. On this per- part of the verse, he says, The end view okay, of all these spiritual gifts and everything is completeness or maturity in Christ. As each believer exercises the gifts or abilities that God's given him or her, three things happen. First, the body enjoys unity. Okay? Second, it becomes spiritually mature. And third, it becomes more Christ-like. The unity of faith and full knowledge and maturity constitute the threefold goal in view. This equals the fullness of Christ. So, Constable says the fullness of Christ is being unified, understanding who Christ is, and then being like Christ in character. Right? So, that's unity, okay, uh, maturity, uh, knowledge. Those three things. Here's another quote it's by Strauss. He says, God is not trying to produce successful Christian business people who can impress the world with their money and influence. He's not trying to fashion successful church leaders who can influence people with their organizational and administrative skills. Nor is he trying to fashion great orators who can move people with their persuasive words. Are all those things good? Yes. Okay. But he wants to reproduce in his followers the character of his son, his love, his kindness, his compassion, his holiness, his humility, his unselfishness, his servant attitude, his willingness to suffer wrongfully, his ability to forgive, and so much more that was characterized by his life on earth. This guy is saying, hey, God doesn't want the church to be all Michael Jordans. He's not looking for Michael Jordans. He's looking for a team that looks like Christ. He's looking for a team that looks like Jesus Christ. He's looking for a church that looks like Christ. And that's what I think 12 and 13 are saying. 
He's saying, hey, Christ gave these gifts to you. He gave an individual gift to Reese and to Greta and to Millie and to Jillian and to Ben. He gave gifts to you guys so that you're equipped okay, to do the work of service in the body so that you can build up the body of Christ. And when we build up the body of Christ, we're going to attain the unity. So we're going to be unified together. We're going to understand who God was, who Christ was, the knowledge of God. Okay, and we're going to become mature, have that stature, which is looking like Christ, or being the fullness of Christ. It's looking like Christ. It's taking on His character. right? So we can understand who God was and who Christ was, but that doesn't mean we're going to act like it, right? But we have to understand who He was to act like Him. So we've got to be unified together, understand what He looked like, what He did, who He was, so we can be like Him. And when we're doing that, the church is going to be working. We're going to be fulfilling our mission, our goal. Which we're going to look at next, okay? The product of the gift. This is the third one on your list or on your thing. The product of the gift is in 14 through 16. We know it's a product because in verse 14 he says, as a result. Okay, as a result. This is the result of when we're equipped, serving, and building up the body. This is the result of that. Okay, as a result, we, the body, is no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine and trickery of man by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. Okay, here's the result. Here's the product of the gifts that God, that Christ gave us. The first one is we're no longer tossed. We're not tossed about, by the way. This is uh, what I think about when I think of tossed, right? Because this is the picture that Paul is giving. He's giving tossed about by the waves. If you're, I don't, how many of you guys have ever been like on a, on a boat, like a big boat, okay? I haven't been on very many like big boats or anything, but I've been on some, and I've never been in, in a storm uh, on a big boat. Uh, I've been in like tiny storms where there's little waves, and it's scary to me because I'm from Kansas. So... Uh, this would be terrifying to me. But when you're, if you're in a big storm like this, especially back in Paul's day with these kind of boats, you, you get to the point where you're thrown back and forth, right, because of the waves. Because what happens is waves come up, and you kind of go up this way, right? And then you go down the wave, and you come way back over here, and you're getting tossed back and forth by the waves. And this is the picture he gives us of what we don't want to be like. Okay, we don't want to be tossed back and forth. And what does tossed back and forth mean? Well, it's when we're carried away, which just means we're, uh, we're carried away, okay, by every wind of doctrine. That means that different doctrine, doctrines like teachings, different teachings that come in by the trickery of men and the craftiness of deceitful schemes. So what this looks like is when we, okay, when we are, we hear something and we're like, oh, maybe that's true. And then we hear something else and we're like, oh, maybe that's true. And then we hear something else, and we're like, oh, maybe that's true. And you go back and forth and back and forth. So you might hear someone say that Jesus never claimed to be God in the Bible, so he's probably not God. There's a, there's a bunch of people that say that, right? So then you might be like, well, maybe, maybe Jesus isn't, maybe he never claimed to be God. So you're getting carried away by doctrine, every wind of doctrine and craftiness and trickery of men. Did he claim to be God? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, he did. Um, and so you get carried away by those de- deceitful schemes, the trickery and the craftiness. But if we're unified and we're working together as a body, and I hear that, and I'm, and I'm unified with Brent, and I'm talking with Brent about it, I'm like, Brent, 
I heard that Jesus never claims to be God in the Bible. And Brennan would be like, dude, go read John chapter 8. He says that before Abraham was, I am. And then people take up stones to kill him. That's one instance where we know that he claimed to be God and he is God. And so, like, see how that unity builds up the body, right? I'm not tossed about anymore because I'm talking with other church members, other people, and other saints, and we're building each other up. We're not tossed about anymore, okay? Um, And hopefully you're going back to the Word of God. Like, in that scenario, you went to John chapter 8, right? You're going back to the Word of God because that's where it all starts. So we go back to the Word of God. He doesn't want us to be tossed about uh, to, uh, to and fro, but rather to speak truth in love. That's what Brent would do in that scenario. Brent spoke the truth in love. Okay, The truth come from where? The Word of God. Thank you very much. Okay, Truth comes from the Word of God, right? Uh, Jesus says that He's the truth, right? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus also says, talking to God in His prayer in John chapter 17, Thy word, or that's King James, but your word is truth. God's word is truth. Jesus is truth. God is truth. So we have truth. Okay, and Paul says we need to speak that truth in love so that we grow up. So then the next time I hear somebody say, Hey, Jesus never claims to be God in the Bible. I'm like, Yeah, he does. Here, look, it's in John chapter 8. Brent built me up so that I'm not tossed about to and fro. And I understand the Word of God and the truth of God's Word um, and who He is. So we grow up, in verse 15, in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, Christ being the head of the church, okay? from whom the whole body being fit together and held by every joint, what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. Verse 16 is a great uh, picture of what we should look like as a church. Okay, I just put down a couple like bullet points of some things I I mean of what 16 says. Okay, but first he says from whom the whole body, okay, the whole church being fit together and held together by what every joint supplies. Who is the every joint? It's us. We're the every joint. Every joint supplies. What are we supplying the body with? Anybody know? What do we supply the body with? What God gave us. The spiritual gifts. Right? God gave us spiritual gifts. So we supply the church as joints. We supply the body with what God gave us. Okay? By working. Okay? The work of service for the building of the body of Christ. We are equipped with those gifts. And we, as the joints, okay, can serve the body. Okay? Um, we supply the body in that way. According to the proper working proper working, which we're going to look at what proper working is in a second, of each individual part. Okay, and that goes back to that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, each individual part. Okay, Kiana might want to be a hand, but she might be a foot. So if she's always complaining that she's not a hand and she's a foot the whole time, then she's not going to be effective, right? So if I uh, am complaining because I want the gift of evangelism, okay, which doesn't mean I shouldn't evangelize, by the way, Okay, but if I'm like, man, I just wish I was evangelist. That's all I want to do. I, I wish I had that gift. Or I wish I had the gift of faith. I don't have the gift of faith. Okay? I wish I had the gift of faith. I, that's all I want is the gift of faith. I don't even want to use my gift of administration. All I want is the gift of faith. Okay? I'm not effectively working. Okay? God has equipped me. Okay, one of my gifts is administration, by the way. Okay? So God has equipped me with the gift of administration so that I, in the proper working of that gift, can build up the church. 
And, but if I'm always complaining because I want the gift of faith to build up the church, or the gift of compassion, or whatever, then I'm not being effective. Okay? And so you guys, if you're always wanting a different gift, you're not going to be effective. It's the proper working of each individual part okay, that causes the growth or the building up of itself in love. Okay, turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13. Okay? Because Paul just gets done talking for a whole chapter on spiritual gifts and how you guys should stop fighting about what spiritual gift you have and how about how... See, the whole thing in Corinth, okay, which is wh- who's writing to this church, is they, they all wanted to speak in tongues because they thought it was the best gift. Okay? They all wanted to speak. Everybody wanted to speak in tongues. They thought it was the best gift. And that's why he's explaining, stop trying to be a hand if you're not a hand. Be a foot. Stop trying to be a foot. Stop desiring... Um, this gift or that gift and fighting over it and causing confusion and division and start using your gift in love. And then in verse 13, or sorry, chapter 13, in verse 1, he says some really cool things. And it all goes back, or it goes with verse 16 in Ephesians. He says, If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, that's the gift of tongues. So if I have the gift of tongues, but I do not have love, I become only a noisy gong or clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy, there's the gift of prophecy, and I know all mysteries and knowledge, there's a gift of possibly discernment, wisdom, and knowledge. And if I have all faith, that's a gift of faith, as to remove the mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all that I possess to feed the poor, and I surrender my body to be burned, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. Okay, so what Paul's saying in Ephesians is use your gift to build up the body of Christ. And what he says here in Corinthians, he says, you can be using a gift all you want, but if you're not doing it in love, it's worthless. And that's what he says in verse 16, if you look at it, the growth of God, building up of itself in what? In love. In verse 15, he says it too, speaking the truth in love. Okay, it's all going to go back to love. If we're not using our gift in love, then it's worthless. So if I'm up here teaching you guys, and I don't do it in love, which there's times I don't, right? It's easy to not do it in love. Uh, then what I'm doing is, I mean, it's worthless. I'm not building up the body anymore, right? I'm just doing it for maybe pride or maybe self-glory or maybe in my position because I have to, right? I don't have a choice. I have to get up here and teach you guys every week, right? So if I'm not doing it because I, or out of love for you guys, out of love for God, out of love for Christ, then, I mean, I, I might as well not even be doing it, right? I mean, that's what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 13. And so you guys, with your gifts that you have, which you do have gifts, and you need to know them, but those gifts that you have, you need to be using them in love for other people. So if your gift is the, what they call the gift of helps or service, you should be serving people out of love. You should be serving the body out of love. If you have the gift of encouragement, you should be encouraging and uh, others in love. If you have the gift of you fill in the blank, you should do it out of love. Okay, so what's the impact? Okay? Use your gift. Okay? Christ gave you a gift. Super easy application, or super easy to understand the application. It's super hard to do sometimes. Just use your gift. Like, if you have a spiritual gift, use it. Okay? You guys are like, Hey, I'm only, I'm only like 10 years old, or I'm only like 15, or I'm only 18 years old. I'll, I'll use my gift when I grow up. 
wrong attitude. If you're not going to use your gift right now, you're probably not going to use it when you grow up either. Okay, so use your gift. Okay, if you're Scottie Pippen, don't try and be Michael Jordan. Just be Scottie Pippen. Okay, because God uses Scottie Pippen too. Right? You guys understand that? Okay, so find out what your gift is if you don't know it. And then find out where you can use it. If you need help finding out where you can use it, come talk to me or Brent or Lori or Haley and we'll help you find a place to use it, okay? Thanks again for joining us for True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. If you enjoyed this lesson, make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of the lessons on True to the Bible podcast. And if you have any questions regarding this lesson or any of the other lessons, make sure you contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for joining us.